Our scripture this morning is taken from John's Gospel, the 17th chapter, verses 20 through 26. This is the longest prayer we have of Jesus in the New Testament. I ask not only on behalf of these, meaning his disciples, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. And the key verse this morning, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Unity, finding unity. Today, our hearts ache. The news is overwhelming and our hearts ache. We all cry out over the loss of those most innocent and vulnerable, and our hearts ache. We grieve together. As a connectional church, United Methodists are on the scene in Uvalde, Texas, and representing the love and care of the entire body of Christ through our annual conferences. I sent out a call to prayer in our weekly news and notes at the beginning of the week, and we join with others around the country and around the world, really, to support those who are overwhelmed right now with grief. We grieve together. In unity, we grieve. In our scripture this morning, uh, Jesus was facing a very heavy time as well. It was the last hours that Jesus had with his disciples before he went to the cross. And they ended their time together in a prayer meeting. The one who prays is none other than Jesus of Nazareth himself. The one who understands more about the nature and possibilities of prayer than anyone who has ever lived. And the subject of the prayer is his disciples and those who should believe in him, that is, you and me, for we 
are his disciples. He's talking to us from this prayer of Jesus spoken in the volatile and dangerous moments before he was arrested. He wasn't concerned about his safety or the treatment he was about to receive from the Roman guards. Jesus was most concerned about the unity of those who love him. In John's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 1 through 26, we find a prayer generally known as the farewell prayer or the high priestly prayer. It is an intercession for the coming church. And it is by far the longest prayer of Jesus in any of the Gospels. And the focus of the prayer is that Jesus wants us to be one, to be unified. How do we do that? How do we find unity in a season in which there are wars and rumors of wars? In a season that is often bombarded with headlines in the paper and the news about hatred and violence. Jesus is calling us to be one. To be unified of one mind and one spirit. And how is it that we do that? How do we accomplish that directive? I believe we begin by loving each other. During Easter, to make room for all of the lilies and beautiful flowers, my 200 pounds of love got moved to the back hallway out from under the altar table. I've been carrying this love around since it was given to me at the end of my first appointment to First United Methodist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Dennis Matthews, an engineer and craftsman, molded the letters of love into a freestanding art form that I could carry with me. It's pretty durable. It's lasted 40 years, and I don't think there's a dent or a scratch to be seen. I had Brad and our amazing team of sextons move it back into the sanctuary this week. And I don't know about you, but I need the presence of love during weeks like this. And Jesus teaches us a lot about love. For Jesus is loved by the Father, John 17, 23, you have loved them as you have loved me. And he invites us to share that very same love with everyone we meet. That is the most important part of Jesus' teaching to us. I want to pause for a moment and have you write something on your bulletin. Take your bulletin or a piece of paper if you don't have one, and a pen or pencil from the pew pad, and I want you to write these words on it. The Father loves me. The Father loves me. You can put an exclamation point on it. My wife Ramona says, I use too many exclamation points. It means you're shouting. Well, it means I want it to have emphasis. The Father loves me. Do you realize the Father loves you as much as he loves his Son, Jesus Christ? How can we possibly know that 
Well, let's take a look at the cross. That's how we know. Just look at the cross. The cross is an ever-present symbol of God's love for us. He loved us so much that he gave himself his very life so that we might live and have everlasting life. Our unity in the church plays a major role in how the world perceives Christianity. Only the sight of united Christians will convince the world of our Lord's mission and love. Remember the words of Jesus, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. I love the scripture in our reading today in verse 23 that simply says, so that the world may know so that the world may know. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, Jesus said, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. How else can we be one in our unity? Well, through our fellowship with each other, of course. It's been a wonderful sight to regather in Moore Hall this semester on our Wednesday night Lay Academy meals and classes. It was so exciting last Sunday as the food trucks pulled into the circle and we had barbecue and tacos. to complement our ministry fair after worship. Let me just pause and thank Amy Leach and Dr. Nick Quinton for making that happen after this pandemic absence of almost three years. How wonderful to simply be able to gather and share together as we found all the ways that we are called to be together and to serve together as the church. Christian fellowship, koinonia, happens when Christians gather united in their shared love for Jesus and for each other. When we become community, and what's in the middle of the word community? Unity. When we are united, when when we are in unity as the body of Christ, It is the opposite of isolation. It is the opposite of solitude and loneliness and our present-day independent kind of individualism. Koinonia is life shared together. It's taking part together. It's sharing blessings. It's sharing even burdens and privileges and responsibilities. The early Christians devoted themselves to koinonia fellowship to community, to intentional community. They just didn't have fellowship. They devoted themselves to it. This means that fellowship was a priority and one of the main objectives for gathering together. You know, it's okay for Christians to have fun. Whether I was wearing the hat as a youth director 
or as a district superintendent, I've often shared with those who were present that we'll do primarily two things when we come together in community. Hopefully, we'll learn something together about Jesus. And secondly, if I have any say in it, we'll have some fun. It's okay to rejoice with one another. It's, it's more than okay. It's the right thing to do. We learned in our ministry fair last Sunday that small groups are happening all around us and that some of us need to be more intentional about being a part of them, of joining in in our church family, of even joining a small group. I, I heard we had about eight new ushers sign up last Sunday to serve on Sundays during worship. Somebody commented to one of them, I thought you were already an usher. He said, no. I said, why not? No one's asked me. So I'm asking you today. Billy needs more ushers. Why not speak to him after worship today and tell him you'll sign on the dotted line? We've had a record number in our Wednesday night creation care study this summer. I think we've had more than 35 or 40 participating every Wednesday night in person and online. Our prayer quilt ministry is back up, and we had a dozen or more sign up for that last week. We had a group meeting yesterday at the church making and learning how to make prayer quilts. The Historical Society was recruiting like crazy, and they found someone, I think, from this prayer quilt group to make a new church banner for them for our 200th anniversary coming up in August of 2024, and they need your help. Are you interested in joining our mission team to Guatemala? I talked to Jane Matan this morning. She said, there's a place for you. Would you like to help with children and youth ministries? There's a place for you. Do you need an exercise group or a walking group to join with? We've got a place for you at Trinity. Come and join one of our many musical groups at Trinity and exercise your vocal cords with this great choir behind me or your arms and hands and ringing the bells or the chimes or playing in the pan choir. All of these ministries promote unity in the body of Christ as we seek to come together in community. Some may even need to work out issues of grief and losing a family member or a close friend, and we've got a group for that that meets on Saturday mornings. Some may seek out reconciliation with someone today that you've been separated from during the pandemic so that fellowship through a relationship with them might possibly be restored. You know, Jesus was all about bringing his disciples together in fellowship and community to truly be the body of Christ in the world. And finally, we are the church in unity because we can share together in worship. Each time we share the Apostles' Creed, we are calling ourselves together in unity and accountability to say, we believe. Together, we believe our statements of faith, our covenants found in the Ten Commandments, and as United Methodist John Wesley's three simple rules to live by, do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. 
The rules from John Wesley are simple. They're not only good rules for us in our personal contact and conversation with each other, but on the internet and in social media conversations and postings as well. Oh, if we could only do good, do no harm, and stay in love with God. Are you ready for some good news today? Here's the good news I would dare to say it's even great news. We can know God and help others to know God. We can change the world as United Methodists. We do not believe that everything is predetermined and that the future is fixed in every detail. We believe in God's grace, that we have free will, that we can make choices that will, with the help of God, determine the future of the world. We can change the future by the things we choose to do. Just ask our creation care team. They're doing a marvelous job of teaching us how to care for the world around us. And how exciting is that, how history will be different because of our actions, how history will be different because of what we choose to do in loving each other. Our mission and our vision our purpose at Trinity has not changed. It is printed on our bulletin every Sunday, and it's on the front page of our website. Let me invite you to turn again to your bulletins to the front page. And let's read it together this morning, starting with our vision. Trinity United Methodist Church will be a diverse Christian community shining as a beacon of God's love and actively engaged as the heart, hands, and feet of Christ in the world. And our mission, because of God's love for us through Jesus Christ, we exist to worship, grow, and serve. We are living into that in tremendous ways. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. Those with purpose and mission and vision for the future. In unity, in community, we, we close today on this Memorial Day weekend remembering our heritage, remembering our fathers and mothers from this congregation remembering those who loved this country and gave their lives in her service. They have given the ultimate sacrifice. And so may we honor them today and always, for they are the saints in our midst, the saints of our faith. As we stand today for our closing hymn, May we stand in honor and memory of those who have gone before us as we sing number 711, For All the Saints.